Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. So we're going to start a new series today entitled Ecclesia. Maybe it seemed like a weird word for you there. We'll put it up there for you, Ecclesia. And uh, it just simply means the called up ones. We'll talk about it more. It's going to take a series, and I could, do, I could teach on this for a long time. Um, I'm not exactly, I'm giving it probably six to eight weeks, probably maybe a little less, depending on how much we can contextualize, get into it. But um, this word we're going to talk about today is all about the church, is what it simply means. When you look at the word the church in the New Testament, it's this word, ecclesia, it's a Greek word. And I've been a part of church for quite a while now. I think I've shared this with you before. If you are new here, visiting the church, checking it out, you may not know me personally that well. Just give you a little background. Um, I've been in church for at least, you know, consistently since I made Jesus the Lord of my life. I've consistently been a part in mostly this church uh, uh, since for about a little over uh, 20 years now. And uh, more than that, 25 years now, I guess it would be. So I've been serving Christ for a while. I've been a part of the church for a while. And uh, I have had experiences in the church that are much like yours. I have had moments that have been wonderful, and I have had moments just like you that have been difficult. I have had moments where my relationship was so strained that I just wanted to leave. I've had times where I've been, as Paul would say, pressed down beyond measure, where I've said, just like Peter would say, I'm going fishing. I mean, I can see why Peter would say at times, I'm just going to go fishing. It's just not worth it. It's too much. But I'm just like you as a pastor. Remove that from the conversation just for a moment. Could I just, could you take my pastor hat off and just put it over here? I am just like you. I'm a human being. I don't have a super suit. I don't have angels in my closet when I go home. They just fly out and teach me God's word and encourage me every day. I'm just like you. Um, and I have had good experiences and I have had many negative experiences. But I will tell you this. The good far outweighs the bad that I have experienced. And I can just tell you this, if you've ever played little league softball or baseball with your kiddos, if you've taken them to soccer, if you've played basketball teams, any sport your kid's ever been a part of, have you ever had problems? Have they ever had difficulties with team members? Have you ever had an issue with a coach? Yeah. Has your kid ever been to a school system? Yeah. Well, then have they ever had problems there? Yes. It's because people are there, relationships, you're going to have issues. But there's no different in the church. If you want a perfect church, here's what you got to do. Go find yourself on a beach where nobody's at. Therein lies your perfect church. And I just hate to tell you, but the moment you stick a mirror in front of your face, you're going to find out it's not perfect anymore because you're there. There is no perfect church. So when we talk about this, I want you to hear me. I've been in this long enough now. I'm in the season of my life now where I'm, I'm realizing that I've got to be cautious and look around me and say, um, I need to make sure that I'm not just doing this for me and the people that look like me. I got to make sure there's some younger people behind me that I'm making sure our church is not a one generational church. I got to make sure there's people ahead of me. So that means I got to have more gray hair, right? I got to make sure, don't take that, that's a good thing, that's maturity, that's, you've been through life, you've seen it, you've done it, you got the t-shirt, right? Seasoned, I like that, it's spiced well, baby, like a good filet, that's right, you season well. But you got to have some folk in the middle, and you got to have some people that are young. What? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
So that's why I love seeing up here on the platform where you see younger people singing and worshiping. Why? Because we want to have a multi-generational church. I have got to make sure that I'm watching that. I'm in the season of my life now. I've done this long enough where it would be easier just to have us four and no more, to be honest. Relationships are difficult. Amen, Amen sister. <laughs> they tough. But the church, out of all the relationship circles you will find, there is no other relational circle that has the stamp of Almighty God on it that the Lord Jesus Christ himself paid for with his blood, sacrificed on the cross and said in his word, the one relationship, he's not building your little league. You understand? That's on you. Junior can't hit, that's your problem. Jesus ain't stepping in. They ain't angels in the outfield. <laughs> it, that ain't the way it works. He's not building, I hate to tell you this, your business He'll help you and he'll show you how. He'll give you instruction. But I hate to tell you this. Jesus don't sell stuff for you. You got to get out there and get busy, right? Come on. He's not going to jump up in the morning and do it for you. You got to work. The point is, but there's one thing that he has placed his name upon. And his, if you will, his presence that is guaranteed. And that is his church. Even so much so that he would say, if there's only just two of you in my name, that would gather, there I am in the midst of you. So I know there's a lot of negative, and we could all, have we all had some negative experiences in church? Come on, can we just be real this morning? Can we just be honest? Have you ever had a negative experience? Raise your hand. Come on, raise it up high. Look around the room. You're not the only one. Man, I've been lied about. I've been talked about. I've been betrayed. I've had people say stuff that's not true. And I ain't talking about just recently, but over my course of working in the ministry, I've experienced about all of it, I think. Every time I say that, I get surprised. But I think I have. Oh, for why? Why do it then? Why continue on? Why do you show up on a Sunday morning? What's the point of being a part of one? Those are real questions, and we're going to talk about it. And I'm telling you, after the last two years, it's probably questions we're all asking right now. Why then is the church important? What's the point of it? Why did Jesus tell us to gather? So that's what we're going to talk about. So Ecclesia, let me give you the definition and we'll go to Matthew 16. If you want to turn there, flip there, click there, whatever you got. I'm just going to introduce today the, the series for you, okay? Ecclesia just simply means this. It is a Greek word and it has, takes two, two words to make this in the Greek. Ek, E-K, if you will. It just simply means out from and kaleo. It means to call. It means the called out ones is what the word actually refers to. It actually means a legislative body that is important. And we'll talk about it later. This is not just a gathering of people. It is in, Jesus was very clear about the word he used. This actually means a legislative gathering, much like the Senate or the House. When they gather in Congress, they are what? Representatives of their what? Region. They're supposed to represent you. That's that's the way it's supposed to work, right? And re- represent you by voting and, and talking and doing whatever you, your, your region needs. Re- authoritative representation. I'm telling you right now, the church is not a gathering of just people. There is real authority. There is real spiritual governance. And it is stamped by a leader, which is Jesus Christ, who's the head. Amen. It is not just a gathering of people. There's real authority. And the problem a lot of times I've seen in church is this. People forget that there is real spiritual authority. And they think that just because they get together, that they get the right to do whatever they want to do. And I'm sorry, but we don't. 
There's clear instruction in Scripture about what we do as a church. And there is real spiritual authority. And when we neglect that, I'm not talking about me right now. When you neglect spiritual authority, guess who you're really neglecting? Who's the head of the church? I know there's problems. I know there's faults. And I know there's issues. You may not like the, the, the way I comb my hair whatever. I don't know. But that don't matter. Because there's someone greater than the one that's been appointed, and that's Jesus. And if he chooses faulty people like us, I don't know. But it's the way he did it. Don't despise. Listen, if there's proof of ministry, and all I'm saying is this. If there's good ethical ministry, there's no ungodliness going on, there's no immorality, then listen, if you don't like the way they part their hair, you don't like the way that they drive their car, you wish that they would, you know, what? that's all preference. There's real spiritual authority. And as Christians, I myself have spiritual authority that I submit to. It's a real thing. But in church, many times, this is what the one thing I see more than anything is neglected is spiritual authority. Church is viewed as just something we go to. It's not a big deal. I want the songs I want. I want the message I want. And when I go home, I want to get what I want to eat. And I hate to tell us all, but that's not the way church works. I dare you to go into your legislative assembly, unannounced. You just go right and tell them you want to talk about some things. You want to change some stuff. First of all, you're not going to get in. Try the Georgia's. I've already been there. I had to go through about 25 different Georgia State Patrol officers with a badge, with a reference card, with permission to actually get in the front door. Now, we ain't doing that because it's a, what? We all understand the assembly of it. Well, what if we put that kind of priority understood the power and authority that's actually resting on a church versus treating it as a social gathering? It would change the viewpoint we have, especially when we come to worship. I don't like that song. It wasn't about you. It's about the worship to Jesus. I don't care if they sing, you know, page number 343 out of the whatever hymn book. If they do it, I'm going to what? Because he's worthy of, and it's not about I'm going to say it again. When I come to church, I'm going to praise him because it ain't about me. I don't care what they sing. They can go acapulco if they want to. I don't care. That's, that's acapella. I'm just playing. They, they can sing it and turn everything on. I don't care why because it's not about me. And every time I say, oh, man, am I, I do the same thing. Well, I wish they'd do a different song today. Every time I do that, my flesh says something. I go, wait a minute. Now, hold on, Joey. It's not about you. Where's your heart at right now? Are you trying to pick a song? That ain't about you. Let's get your heart in the right. Let's worship right now. Do you see what I'm saying? The difference. All right. So it means to be called out. It means actually to have a legislative mission behind it. It's like this. So what we're doing with Jim and Bonnie Hart over in Guatemala, which we are sending this week over half right now. So we're over half, almost 15,000 is what we're bringing in. We're over half. We're sending out this week to them. Instead of raising it all at one time, we're going to send half now. So thank you for what you're doing. Somebody last week just stuffed some cash envelope. Thank you. Putting us over, man. That's awesome right there. That's just such a, such a blessing from God. That's awesome. Yeah, amen. Amen. But why are we doing that? Why, as a, why do you give? These are real questions you should wrestle with right now. I believe in the work that they are doing over Guatemala, or I would not give this income or this money to them. I believe in the mission of Jesus Christ going around the globe, and I believe in the impact that we've had over years and going to have more impact there because of this mission center. 
So that's why we do what we do. But it's an assembly. They're assembly there. Just like this one. With real authority. So when, when we say that the called out ones, in Matthew 16, let's read this and let's look at what Jesus said about the church. Okay? So Matthew 16 and verse 13, and we'll put this on the screen for you here. So he says that when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, and I'll get to this in a moment, he was asking his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? This is Jesus talking. He says, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist and others Elijah, but still others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. And he said to them, Jesus said, but who do you say that I am? So Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ or the Messiah, we might say, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say unto you that you are Peter. And upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell or Hades will not overpower it. And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on the earth shall have been loosed in heaven. And then he warned the disciples, this is very interesting, that they should not tell anyone that he was the Christ. Now, this, this scripture, I'm going to use this for the next couple of weeks in this series. I want you to keep reading this. I'll give you some others about what this breaks off from. But I want you to hear the phrases that Jesus did and what he just did that was significant. So first of all, he takes them to the region of Caesarea Philippi. Now, Israel, you geographically, how many of you have ever been to Israel? You've been on in country. Raise your hand, please. So you'll know what I'm saying when I say this. If you've not been, I would love to take you. We've taken other people. Now they're, everything's open now. You don't even have to be vaccinated. You don't have to have anything. Finally, everything is like moving on, okay? So if you would like to go, at the end I'll tell you kind of how we can do that. But, but uh, I'd love to take and show you physically the country. But it's small. Don't think Georgia. Think northwest Georgia. Like think you can cross from Atlanta <clears throat> to the north. Not northeast, but just northwest corridor of Georgia. Make a square. Probably Chattooga County, Floyd County, Bartow County. Get down to Cobb, maybe in there. Whatever. That little region, Israel's very small. And Jesus could crisscross everywhere he wanted to go. And he fulfilled messianic prophecies everywhere he went across that country. Things that have been prophesied hundreds of years earlier, he fulfilled every single one of them. If you want to do a study, it's very interesting. He fulfilled hundreds of prophecies himself. It's an amazing thing to read. But in this region of Caesarea Philippi, I want you to see this. So here's a video I, I took, and it might be kind of loud, so I apologize, just, but it's just because of the, the way it is. But um, uh, look at this. This is a video of the region of Caesarea Philippi. Oh, they pulled down the audio. Good. This was really loud because of the water. <clears throat> But this is, the, this is the stream. This is what will be coming off of what's called Mount Hermon. You've heard it pronounced, or Mount Hernan. However you want to pronounce it, doesn't matter to me. But the mountain that's up in the north region of Israel, where the Lord says, uh, when brothers and sisters are in unity, it is like the precious dew from Mount Hernan, or, or the waters. It comes down and it waters the valleys of Israel. If it weren't for this water coming into the valleys of Israel... They're, they would not have the water that they needed that was necessary to make a fruitful valley. It's, a it's one of the most beautiful places you'd ever see in your life. And if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. The water is so clear. It, it, you can see right through. It's just beautiful. 
And it comes from the valley. If you go up to the top of the mountain, even further up, you'll see where the source and different things is. It's amazing how much water is just gushing the whole time. And eventually, when you get down to the valley, you have the Jordan River and all those things. But I'm showing this because in this video you see, in the very back where that rock is, you see a hole right there. Before you get to that hole, this place is surrounded by fig trees everywhere. This is the wintertime. Nothing's in bloom. But um, let me show you this next picture so you can see a little bit closer. So this is Caesarea Philippi. This is a, it's a region that's very beautiful. It's different than Caesarea. I don't have time getting all that now. But if you guys show the next picture there, uh, let me show you this. And in this region, you'll see that is a hole in the, in the rock there as well. Get a look closer. Look at the next picture there. And this is a pretty up-close picture. This is what Jesus was referring to when he said he referred to the gates of hell. There's a literal, physical destination in Israel, and it's a hole in the cavern right there. This is a place, and I don't have time to get into this. You could read about it. I don't encourage you to. I encourage you, if you Google this or if you research this, if you're going to use online references and you don't have a, uh, a theological study guide or something, I would encourage you to a Bible study tool. Dot com or some kind of like you version, use something like that. If you Google this, what I'm about to tell you, make sure your settings are uh, on restricted, which I would encourage you, if you don't do that, you should do that just for, just for good reason. I mean, like good boundaries. I don't know how you say it, but you, your, your search history ought to be like re- restricted. There's really no reason why you should go un- unrestricted. You know, it, it, Sorry, that's a side note. I don't know. Everybody look at me like, uh, well, well, you know, I understand. You know what I'm talking about. You Google something and all of a sudden what pops up is not what it should be, not what you thought. If you Google this, this region, it's the region of Baneus, but it's actually called Paneus. Baneus is a, is, a, is a messed up word because they could not, the Arabic, they could not pronounce the, the, the P. It comes out Baneus and they've left it that way, but it's actually Paneus, P-A-N-I-S, and it's from the god Pan. It's the goat god, you know what I'm talking about? And he would have to play his little flute. It's a very uh, immoral god. Every ungodly thing you can imagine, immorality, that god was a part of. And now this, some of this is tradition. This is real what I just told you there. That's the place. They actually worshipped him. They carved out a little niche in the side over there, and they put the little thing up there. And this was there in the time of Christ. And um, this was a place, tradition, this is a little bit of tradition, I'll side note here, but that's a real place. This is, what, this is some of the tradition they hold that this is a place where they believe that maybe the sons of God, this the Bible is referred to, they, that fell, this is fallen angels, if you will, they fell from heaven. This is the place where they decided or they, they collided with and decided to become uh, ways to intermingle with the daughters of men. It's a whole different story there, but tradition, which, who knows, nonetheless, this is a literal physical place Jesus walked and said, this, the gates of hell. What was he referring to? A piece of rock? When he said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail, I mean, we think he's talking about geographically this rock? No. Ooh, sediment, rock. <laughs> you know, there's, there's nothing about the rock he's talking about. He's referring to spiritual things. And when he says the gates of hell, he's referring to spiritual things. They won't prevail. So you have a word from Christ, your leader, the head of the church, who tells you, that the gates of hell, spiritual darkness, will not prevail against this church. So when you get so worried and worked up about what's going on, and it bothers me too, I have to go back to this. No, Jesus said, no matter how dark it gets, the gates of hell will not prevail against this church. 
That's settled in heaven. His word is settled. That was spoken by Christ the Messiah in red. So what about, what are we going to do? What about the church? I'm not worried about what the church is going to do because I'm not in charge of the church, first of all. Number one, he's the head. And the head, Fred, said, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So when I feel darkness creeping in or I sense darkness coming over here or I feel like it's trying to attack my family, I say, no, 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 no. Because in Jesus' name, it's not possible. (laughs) He can't do it. He may try and deceive and push, but he can't do it. Now watch what Jesus said. This is amazing to me. In verse 16, Simon Peter says, when Jesus said, who do you say that I am? He was saying this plurally to, to the group. Who do you, disciples, who do you say that I am? They're saying I'm Elijah. They're saying I'm Jeremiah, one of the other prophets. Who do you think I am? Out of all the people there, you know who popped up first, right? Come on, it was Peter. He's the first one to stick his foot in the mouth every time. But this time, it was divine inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Watch what he says. Now, y'all remember what we just taught the last however long it's been, right? Months or so on this series we just did on the armor of God. Watch what Jesus said. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Verse 16. For, watch this, what? Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. Now, in the past series, what is it that we we talked about so much in Ephesians 6.12 what did we say? We're going to do a fill in the blank right here. Okay, you ready? Let's see, let's see if we remember. If you guys can put that up there for me. Uh, we'll see if we can put this up here. It's got a, the blank, Ephesians 6, 12. For our struggle is not against, let's say it together. You remember, right? Come on, this is good, right? This is better than you even think it's going to be. Right now, what I'm about to tell you. Just like you don't war against flesh and blood, I'm going to tell you right now. The stuff you get from Christ and the Holy Spirit does not come from flesh and blood either. That's why you can read your Bible all you want to. You can study every commentary you like and Google every little favorite preacher you got. But I'm telling you, until divine inspiration from the Holy Spirit hits your heart and your eyes are enlightened by the Holy Spirit, you don't know anything. That's why we fight and we argue over stupid doctrine that means nothing because it's not empowered by the Holy Spirit. But if the Holy Spirit ever opens your eyes to something, it is inspired. And I'm telling you, you'll see stuff that nobody else sees. You'll read stuff that nobody else reads and go, why is that so important to you? Like, why does this bother me right now? Why am I so worked up about this? Because it hit me by the Holy Spirit. If flesh and blood, you don't fight against flesh and blood, then watch this. I'm not trying to reveal something by flesh and blood. It's divine inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Peter was a goofball. Let's just be honest. He was a fisherman that was a little mouthy at times, right? I can relate. I thank God for Peter. Because I feel like, you know, at times I do this a lot. Don't ask my wife. Don't ask anybody close to me. Just trust me, okay? My foot gets in my mouth a lot. But I thank God that I don't have to be dependent upon flesh and blood. I don't have to determine flesh and blood to get a message. I don't have to ask flesh and blood for inspiration. I just thank you, Lord, that you give me wisdom from on high, from the Holy Spirit. And guess what? You don't have to go to all these books. You can go. But if you really want to know something about your kids, what do you need to do? Go ask who? The one that knows everything about your child. Holy Spirit, I ask you to give me some wisdom about my child. And guess what he will do? He will do it. Because you ain't working by flesh and blood. So you're arguing and fighting with your kids all the time. Why don't they understand me? Why don't they understand me? Stop it. Ask the Holy Spirit. Would you just show me what it is about this flesh and blood that I've got in my life that I need help with? I mean, God bless them. They all coming back from Pennsylvania. A 10-hour drive. They said, ask for a prayer for us. Literally. Why? Because they had so much trouble getting up there. I said, do I need to go ahead and send another bus now just in case 
to meet you halfway. Pastor said, no, just pray. But I'm telling you, it's so cool. Watch this. They took that trip. Bus breaks down trying to get out. They get another bus. They don't get up through Na- past Nashville, somewhere up in Virginia. They get through Tennessee, get to Virginia. And it's uh, Lexington. They get on some town there and they can break down again. They have to get hotel rooms for everybody. Try and feed everybody in the middle of the night. You ever, they were stuck on the road for hours. A state trooper from Virginia stopped by, said, do y'all need anything? They, he started hanging out with them, talking to them, helped them get to the place that they needed to be, got them to a hotel, helped them get through there. They get to the hotel and they're stuck there for a day. What are they going to do? Well, thank God we got some spiritual people that are surrounding them. And guess what they decided? Well, if the Lord has us here, it must be for a reason. <laughs> they didn't complain about it, cry about it, freak out about it. Pastor Jody was freaking out about it because I was responsible. I'm thinking, all these kids and all these parents and they're stuck in the middle of Lexington, I don't know where, Virginia. And God knows, Lord, what kind of hotel have they got? God, just please let it be something not crazy. You know, they all get up and that's what they did. They ask a hotel, what can we do to help you? How can we serve you? What are you talking about? What do you need? We're stuck here. What do you need? Uh, I don't know. They prayed with people, prayed with other people that were there, cleaned up all the property around the hotel, picked up bags and bags of trash. Then they went to the gas station, did the same thing, prayed with people, just decided the Lord must have stopped us here for a reason and have testimonies from out there. They're going to share about it with you next week. Why? They just assumed, instead of working on flesh and blood, why don't we just ask inspiration from the Holy Spirit? What, what should we do? Sounds like stuff from the Bible, doesn't it? Well, God, you got us here. Why why are we here? Apparently, one must need to do something here. Show us what we need to do. But see, when flesh and blood gets in it, we get all worked out. Well, why? I mean, as pastors, we've been doing this for the last year. What's wrong with Eric? Why is it so weird now? Why is the church, why is this, why is that? We don't understand certain things. It's just complicated now. But you know what all that is? Flesh and blood. What do we need to do? Ask the Holy Spirit. God, what would you have us do? Instead of looking around what is going different now, well, God, what are you doing in their church right now? What are you trying to say to your church right now? Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And he said, I'll build my church in the gates of hell. Will not overpower us. Interesting thing, right in the same place, I'll show you the next picture here. It's very interesting about the gates of hell. It is a very, I'm going to tell you something right now. If you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. When you step in the front of that thing, it's kind of close. It's weird. It, it, spiritually, it's a weird place. I, I'm messing up. It, it's weird. I ain't trying to be ooky spooky, but you know how you get someplace you sense, like, something ain't right here? You know what I'm talking about? You, you ought to have that feeling, you know, it, you, that you know the difference between good places and bad, and you sense something's not right. Think that place, they something ain't right. But even in the midst of that, let me show you this next image right here, the picture that I have here. If you guys will go back to the slides. <clears throat> I took a picture of this. This is my photo. Copyright Jody. All right? So in case anybody's wondering. <laughs> I took it, and I didn't even mean for this to happen. The first image just um, was plain. This one, the light was just shining so bright it hit it. This is an almond branch. <laughs> There's almond trees everywhere surrounding this gate, if you will. If you know anything about almond trees in the Bible, go read about the budding of the almond tree and what it means significantly to Israel and to, to, to the people of God. There are fig trees surrounding this whole property that bear fruit in the spring. 
These things are blooming. It was freezing there, and they're blooming. If you don't mind, go to the next photo there. I don't know what I have left. I think it might, I don't know if there's any more. That might be it. Okay. But they bloom, things bloom there all around the gates. Significantly to me, it says, no matter how dark things get, the Lord knows how to bloom things in the midst of darkness. And one of the things we're doing, so it's an interesting season right now, guys. I'm just telling you, it's an interesting season. We're asking questions. God, what are you doing in your church right now? What do you want us to do right now? Real questions. Because I don't want to be a social club. I don't know about you. I'm not wired for a social club kind of guy. I, I want to see his church thrive. But what are you doing, Lord? Because if, if he's not pushing things out, if he's not calling things out, then if we try and do it, what are we doing? We're now working in what? Flesh. Better to make sure you wait and hear from the Holy Spirit and know what he wants to do than us trying to do something. So this year, that's why I've been trying very hard. It's not easy for me. Top A personality. When the Lord says to me, I want you to rest the church, just stop. Just do the nor- don't do anything extra on what you're doing. Camps, that kind of stuff, but nothing more. Like rest the fields of the church. I'm like, this is really hard for me. It is hard. I want to do something. But in the midst of all of this, our teenagers are ministering to people in a small town in Virginia. We didn't even plan for it. They reached out to kids throughout Pennsylvania, a place where there was no gospel presence, if you wanted the truth of it in Lancaster. No real gospel presence we sent somebody out of our church, and they've established a gospel presence now in the schools. Wasn't there before it came out of your church. Amen. So one of the things that Haley and I, we had the opportunity, we were called up and asked, we have some friends that are going to be planting churches in Scotland. It's a very interesting thing here. And I didn't orchestrate this, and I ain't trying to be deep either, baby. But, you know, she's, she's the deep one, if you want to ask. She's the deep one. But it's, it's just an interesting thing to me. She messed with me last time I said something. She's like, well, who's the deep one now? Like, <laughs> I ain't that deep, but I just, it's, a, it's an observance, if you will. But we're going to be going next. We leave this week. So as our kids get back, we're heading out, and we're going to help them as a missions, you know, work to help them get this started and see how we can be a partner as a church outside of Edinburgh and Scotland. You may, what's the big deal about that? There's no gospel presence there. Just like in Israel, our partnership with Israel that we've worked with there, there's no gospel. You think Israel is filled with Christians. It's not. 2% evangelical Christianity. In Scotland, around 2 to 3% of evangelical Christianity. This is the place, this region is the place where you received the word of God. Out of Wales, out of the Scottish people, in so much, I'll be sharing a message from there to you next week. I'll share some things about it and why it's so significant. But this nation, much of what came here, the gospel came out of this region. And now the gospel's vacant. Why? I think the reason why is because we're so dependent upon the Spirit of God when we start. But once we get established, we begin to more rely on flesh and blood. Paul said, how is it that when you started out, you started out this way? You started out so much in the Spirit and fervor of Christ How is it now that you are now derailed by these false teachings and things that are not of God? It's because we begin to rely more on flesh and blood. And the reality is this, the church is built upon the spirit of Christ. It is not built built upon human ingenuity. Now we use some of the things that God gives us that we need leadership, we need principles we have to deal with irs and everything else and accountability and all that that's 
That's, not, that's flesh and blood. That's stuff we have to work with. But the church is built on that. The church is built on the Holy Spirit and the direction of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Paul says it this way. Listen to this. This is in uh, 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 6. Paul says, but we don't speak wisdom among those who are mature. Or I'm sorry, we do speak wisdom among those who are mature. A wisdom, however, watch this, guys. Not of this age. Not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory. The wisdom, now watch this. If you're a believer, this is important. The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. Boy, don't you see that today? You know that new telescope thing they just come out with? I forget the name of it. You guys seen some of those pictures? There was the Hubble telescope. There's a new one they just built. They just released it from NASA. You go to NASA and see it. The Hubble took a picture of the galaxy somewhere out, and it was kind of blurry, and it's really beautiful. But this new telescope? It's gone so far out into the galaxy. It's past, like, the, we are, the Milky Way is like nothing. We are one of hundreds of others just like this, but no other life form that they can see. They can see so far out with this telescope now, and isn't it funny? Logic would say, galaxies beyond galaxies? These pictures look something out of the Marvel movies. It looks like something out of like Guardians of the Galaxy or out in space with all these beautiful purples and hues and all this amazing color. I thought when you look up in the sky, it's nice black with white stars. It's unbelievable, the beauty. And logic would tell you we're positioned as one planet sitting just perfectly positioned, if you will, on an axis that's super important And we tend to move at the right amount in distance to the sun. No other planet has this. You know, Musk is going to populate Mars with stuff. I don't know who's going to have fun there digging around the dirt. That seems boring to me. There's no other planet that has any. One's frozen, one's dusty. And of all the other galaxies exploding around the world, logic would tell you, you think that just happened? Logic would say, um... Out of all, wait a minute, you're talking about all the galaxies, we're the only one with human life, our life in period. And we're the only one with the moon that makes this all kind of gravitational work with the oceans all the time. We're the only one? Yes, we're the only one. Logic would say to me, that seems a little amazing. But all these professors and ingenuity that has gone on have said, no. We kind of, boom, and amoebas were there, just floating in the water. And all of a sudden, these amoebas decided, you know what? I'm tired of the water. I want to be a fish. So we converted to a fish. Now we can swim. And all of a sudden, we get tired of being a little fish, so we decided to be a lobster. And we get over on the sand, and we get in the water. That's no fun, because you're eating the junk on the bottom of the floor. It's like fish poop. So that's... That's no good. So next time you eat lobsters, think about that. They're the cockroach of the sea. Why don't eat them? Anyway, <laughs> we get tired of being a lobster, and all of a sudden we decide, you know, hey, I'm going to just walk around the sand for a while. I'm going to be like a, you know, I don't know what, maybe a little, little another creature. Let's, let's say a monkey. 
Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Let's call my monkey. We were monkeys, yeah. We swung on the vine. I was like, cool, man, what's up? Yeah, man. But bananas get old after a while. So we decided after that, we wanted to convert. So we became Neanderthal. Cavemen, oh, me make fire, me rule world. Get woman, now family, yes. But, you know, after a while, you know, hitting stuff with a club, and it just gets old. So we decided we must be human now. And let's build planes and trains and automobiles, and you know what? We'll be cool. And therein lies human intellect. Now, Scripture tells you by nature you know there's a God. You don't, even need, you don't need a book to tell you anything. You look up at those skies and you look around you and tell me, how is this possible? But human intelligence in our world today says, you came from an amoeba, converted to this, changed that, and used a monkey for all these things. And all of a sudden, somehow we became human, but yet we just stay like this. We don't convert anymore. And people believe this. And they criticize you for believing in Christ. Proven fact that he came, fulfilled hundreds of prophecies, died, and was literally, physically resurrected from the dead. It is not a biblical thing I'm telling you now. This is a literal, physical thing that did take place. Proof of it. And yet we believe the amoebas over Jesus. Paul said, this wisdom that the rulers of this age have not understood. For if they had understood it, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. So as I'm wrapping up today, I want you to think about this. Do you know this, that Jesus Christ, you watch his life and watch this, what took place in the scriptures. They tried to kill him at his birth. Why do you think that man was there? He was spiritually oppressed. And he freaked out because he thought there was someone else who might have authority over him. But watch this. Because in his flesh and blood, he thought it meant earthly authority. He didn't understand that this king was coming that did not care anything about flesh authority. He had a greater authority that was from God. But yet it freaked him out, so he tried to kill him at two years of age. He escapes, comes back later. And as he grows up, no one touches him the whole time he's growing in wisdom and stature with God and favor with man. Not one time. <laughs> His dad was a carpenter, so maybe he's building furniture. I don't know. Maybe he's doing kitchen tables and he's really good at it. People are like, hey man, this brother, you know, on Pinterest, Jesus makes great tables. Like, you should get one. It's really awesome. Really? Yeah, Jesus is the man. I don't know. In a small town, you're either the man or you're not. And now, it, this is a little bitty, little bitty town. Nazareth is not big at all. Like Plainville, if you even know where that is. You've never been? Small town, okay? Real small. Like under 500, it's a small town. Everybody knew Jesus. No one messed with him the whole time he grew up. The moment he is baptized, and the moment he begins to proclaim the word of God, all of a sudden they come after him. If you look in your scriptures when he's preaching, you will see, I don't know, maybe 12, 13, maybe more. I don't know how many times I get how many count it up, but numerous times, at least a dozen or more, where they tried to kill him. They tried to throw him over the edge. They came after him with crowds and mobs. Watch this. He just walked right through them all. No one did anything. They couldn't touch him, couldn't kill him, but they tried. They tried. 
Because flesh and blood always goes after the things that it sees with its physical eyes. But Jesus said, don't pay attention to the stuff that people declare to you with their physical senses. We're not following flesh and blood here. We're following Jesus. And he says, flesh and blood is not going to reveal what you're looking for. You're not going to find the answers in this world. They can pass all the laws they want to in the Senate and the House. But I'm telling you guys, you're never going to be fulfilled if you get the right person elected. We'll do the best we can. We'll elect the people that believe the best, closest to the Bibles we can. But if you line them all up the way you want, you're never going to be satisfied. It'll never satisfy because it's flesh and blood. And I hate to tell you, as much as I love the red, white, and blue, and I love my country, this nation, it is not eternal. I'm going to say it again, guys. This nation is not eternal. It is temporary. You serve a king and a kingdom that is eternal. Better to get our eyes on that kingdom more than on this one. Do the best you can. I'm not saying don't do the best you can here. I want a great country to live in. But you've got to understand which one are you more passionate about. Because Jesus says if you'll seek the kingdom first, everything else will then be added to the stress that you've got right now because things aren't going right. Seek his kingdom. Because it's flesh and blood that's stressing you out. It's all this stuff around you. It's just flesh and blood. And so I have to do the same thing. Get my eyes off of this and say, Lord, you're in charge, not me. I'm not in charge of this nation. Lord Jesus, I ask you to move, but I'm going to get my eyes on your kingdom more than on this kingdom. But here's what happened. The less that we acknowledge God, and it's happened over and over and over, and I want you to hear this this morning before we go. The less people acknowledge God, the more crazy the thoughts are going to be. Paul said this in Romans, and I'm wrapping up with this. Paul, Paul said in Romans 1, 28, and just as the people there did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, watch this. God gave them over to a depraved mind. One translation says reprobate mind. This is flesh and blood. To do those things which are not proper, and there's a list of stuff in there. Being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They're gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without, watch this, understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. And watch, this is what's scary. You pay attention to the context of the sentence. Although they know the ordinance of God. These are people who actually know better. They have been enlightened by the script. They know better. But it says, and although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, they also give hearty approval to those who practice them. They celebrate sin because they have been elevated to the point that they now know better than you. And your stuff that you have is old-fashioned, and that's back in the day, and it's no longer popular. And so you better just discredit the gospel because it's offensive, and you're a bigot now if you're a Christian. But I'm going to tell you, you better hear me right now. You better not fall into trap with this world. And you start believing some weird stuff because they have PhD behind their name. I don't care how many letters they keep adding behind their name. That's flesh and blood talking. I'm not going to listen to some 25, 35, 45-year-old tell me because they got a couple of degrees what biological thing happens in this world. 
better understand who the Lord Jesus is and trust him. They can call you a bigot if they want to. You better hold on to your faith and what you believe is true, that you know from God's word, not from flesh and blood. And I don't have to be rude about it, but I'm telling you right now, if you don't think it's real, you don't think this is, this, it's kind of crazy. But I've had more stuff sent to me. It's just nuts what people believe now. And that's why I want you to hear today this series about the church. I want you to rebuild your foundation on God's word. What is the church? Why are we here? And what's the purpose of our gathering? We're going to talk about that in this series. And then before we go, just let me just pray for you here this morning. But I, I, want, to, I want to pray that I want you to hear my, my heart on this. As Joshua would say, we must, I think you're in a place in your life right now where you just have to say in this culture, you got to decide who you're really going to choose to serve. And will it be the gods on this side or the gods on that side or will it be the Lord? Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that means it might just be you and your house. And you've got to be okay with Jesus saying, the gospel will offend brother, sister, mother, father, friends. And he said, if you go with them, you're not worthy of me. It's in the Bible. It's in the scripture. Jesus said that. And I, I mean, I'll tell you what, I've lost people, friends, over the gospel. Literally. Because I wouldn't go a direction they wanted to go. But it's not in the Bible. So you've got to choose which one will you serve. And this morning, I want to encourage you, serve Christ. Don't quit right now. Don't give up on your beliefs. Trust in the Lord. You already know what to do. Flesh and blood is screaming at you, all this stuff. But I'm telling you, if you look in your heart and you ask the Holy Spirit, I bet you right now you already have the answer. It's just it goes against culture and you're like, it does, but, 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 stop saying but. Just listen to the Holy Spirit and follow God's word. Because you probably already have the answer right now. So as we pray, I'd ask you to close your eyes and bow your heads just for a moment. You know, you're going to be called out. It's interesting in class. When I was in school, I got called out for a lot of things. I got called out for talking in class. I mean, I don't know how many times. One of my teachers, I was probably in the eighth, ninth grade, I guess it was. He came up to me and, oh my gosh, somebody probably tried soon today. But, you know, I, when I was a kid, I, I never thought about that because my grandfather would would have never bought into it. He, he, he took sides with teachers all the time. He never, <laughs> he never took my side because he knew my side wasn't right. But I had a teacher one time because I kept talking. He said, Jody, you need a hearing test. You need a hearing test. And he kept telling me, you're going to get a hearing test if you don't pay attention, son. He was in math class. I was bored out of my mind. I find his coach, and then coached out. He's a big dude, too. I was talking. I never even saw him coming. Grab my desk. He went to grab it and pick it up. A little bit. Just get my attention. Instead, the desk slipped, fell back. I fell on my back looking straight up at him on the floor. And he's looking at me, son. He starts laughing. Do you hear me now? Yes, coach. I hear you. And now I'm freaked out. He's going to kill me. But he'd say, Jody, do you need a hearing test? And I'm just going to pray for you right now. I'm telling you, I just feel like some of you right now, you need a hearing test. You have listened to this world so much. And you're so afraid and so, so nervous and so, so stressed out. And I think the Holy Spirit would just say to you, you need a hearing test today. 
just hear the word of the Lord. Hear what Jesus has to say to you. So let me pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now, Lord. I just feel there's people in there that got prayers they're asking you for. They need things they need to hear wisdom about right now. So in Jesus' name, God, I pray that you'd open up our ears. Let us hear what it is you're trying to say to us. As you say in your word, let the Spirit of the Lord, what is the Spirit of the Lord trying to say to his church? What are you saying to your people right now? God, I pray individually right now. Lord, you want to speak to people's hearts. I pray you'd share whatever it is you need to share with them right now. They probably already know in their heart. And I thank you, Lord, that your word says that peace passes all understanding. And the voice of the Holy Spirit is the voice of wisdom. It's the voice of peace. You don't put pressure on us. You don't stress us out. And you don't put fear on us. If it's fear or stress or pressure, it is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes with peace and wisdom and comfort and guidance. And if it's not that, it's not the Holy Spirit. And I just feel like some of you need to hear that right now. What do I do? What do I do? Stop seeking flesh and blood and look for peace and comfort and guidance that is not stressful or pressure-filled. Some of you need to hear that right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray if there's anybody here that doesn't know you, I pray today that they would turn their life to you and make you the Lord of their life. So while you're here with your eyes closed, if you don't know Christ, you never received Jesus as your Savior, I want to pray for you. And if you're online right now, I want to pray for you as well. In this room, just how do I do that, Pastor Jody? The Bible says if you believe in your heart, and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. It's very simple. It starts with your heart. Do you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord? Yes, I do. Then you need to pray this prayer out loud with me right now. This whole church will pray with you. You won't be alone. Just pray this with me now. Say, Dear Jesus, I come to you today, and I give you my heart, and I give you my life. Lord, I ask you to save me and to forgive me I receive you as my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. And now, Lord, I ask you to open my eyes and to open my ears and to open my heart. Help me find peace and comfort and guidance from your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Man, if you pray that prayer, we're so proud of you. Give me a hand with your church. Amen. So before we go, I, I wanted to pray that because I just felt like there's some of you right now. I just, I just really sense my heart. I don't want to overdo this, but I really want to make sure you hear me. Like flesh and blood is stressing you out. You have anxiety or you're really frustrated right now. There's something, flesh and blood is really putting the, putting the squeeze on you. You know what I mean by this? You, you just really feel overwhelmed. I just really want to encourage you. I really feel like this Lord uh, saying this to you, whoever you are. Um, the Holy Spirit is the voice of wisdom. If it's not wisdom, how do you know if it's wisdom? Just look in the scriptures. Find somebody that's seasoned in the faith and ask them, does this move make sense to you? If it doesn't make sense, listen to me, wait. It's nothing wrong. We all need to relearn what it means to wait upon the Lord. They that wait upon their God shall what? Renew their strength. And I'm telling you, the world, the flesh and blood is going to get you like this. Yeah, but yeah, but stop. Seek out the voice of wisdom, the voice of peace. The Holy Spirit never puts pressure on you. Never puts pressure on you. He will lead you and guide you in steps. And I just sense peace right now. And I'm not, you know I'll do this a lot, but I just want to tell you right now. 
the peace of the Lord is going to go with you today. Wait on Him. Please don't put yourself out there in pressure. Wait on the Lord this morning. Just wait for His voice. Wait on His word. If they're putting the brakes on you, putting the pressure on you, you tell them, hey, listen, I'll get with you when I can. Yeah, but you got to no, I don't got to do anything. I need an answer right now. Well, you'll get it when I get it. Just wait. Wait on the Lord, all right? So let's go ahead and stand this morning. just really felt strongly to say that to you. I don't know who you are. I just pray that you just heed that word this morning. Be, be patient and wait on the Lord. Well, Scripture say this in Numbers uh, chapter 6. Before you go, I'd love to just speak this over you guys. And I really want to uh, ask you to pray for Halen as we go out. Um, some of the places we're going in Scotland are... Again, uh, I don't know how to say this. We're entering a post-Christian era in our nation. It's what people are calling it. This is like rebuilding from the foundations of... There's no gospel presence. Like, churches are vacant. There's only a few Christian churches. And there's some very interesting things there that are different than here. And I just want you to pray for us and pray for the team we're going with. That God would open up doors. And that um, the word would be would be given and that lives would be changed there during this time and um it's it's a building season so there's a, it's a little different than we're not going to preach a lot this is a building season for churches there and uh, numerous families are moving there and it, it's a big deal a big step for a lot of people so would you pray for us this week as we as we do that and then one other thing i want to say before we go is just thank you for your generosity if you want to give towards the heart work that's fine. Just make sure you do it above your tithes and offerings so we can manage what we do as a church here locally. But thank you for your generosity. I really appreciate that and just pray God's blessing on you as you give. So Numbers chapter 6 verse 24. Come on, just receive this this morning. This is, this is for some of you here. You need to hear this again this morning. Just fresh and anew for you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Not flesh and blood. Not, come on, right? My, ble- my blessing is not coming from flesh and blood. It's coming from the Lord this morning. You need a, you need a, you need a, a, what do you call it, a bonus or you need some kind of promotion. It doesn't come from man. It's the blessing of the Lord. May the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and may he give you, watch this, his peace in Jesus' name. Man, well, God bless you. You're dismissed. Have a wonderful day. And we'll see you next week in Jesus' name. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.